Good evening all. Welcome along to the LWB Club Football Pod finale. Hard to believe we're at the uh, the end of our header already. Uh, we're not quite at the end of the championship. One of the county finals has gone to a replay at Lachlan Bridge and Club Moore playing out. A very exciting seven points apiece draw. Not by scores, but exciting in terms of the finish. Uh, so they're going to have a replay next Saturday at 6 o'clock on Netwatch Cullen Park in that Junior A final. Uh, junior C final is going to be on before at 4 o'clock on Saturday. That's going to be Club Moore up against the Blues. So, um, yeah, that could be an interesting evening for Clomore. Um, hopefully not from a local bridge point of view. I'll put the colours to the mast here from, from the get-go. But uh, we're going to be covering a lot of ground over the next hour. Could go to an hour and a half tonight, just the nature of it. We'll go through the uh, four county finals. We have uh, a team of the year to announce. We have a player of the year to announce. Um, we also have uh, Camogie finals to go through as well. So a nice little bit to get through. Uh, in about 10 minutes' time, Brian O'Donoghue, Stephen Bambrick and John Olin are going to join me. But a little bit earlier, we uh, caught up with Pat O'Flynn and Cormac Snackbox Holloway. Long last, uh, we got we got our Snackbox for this series. Uh, Snackbox got his county medal. Pato got a, a county medal. And everyone is happy and all is right with the world out there, Pato. Um, you must be delighted, yeah? It is, I suppose. I suppose the first thing we should say is uh, Cormac Holloway, or Snackbox, as you like to call him, is the only man in Palatine with four county medals. Uh, He's 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 the only survivor from 06, so um, you know he. We always knew he was a legend in Palatine. He is now a confirmed legend in Palatine. So he's so, never played uh, a game at four. Brilliant. <laughs> no one will beat that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the way Carly said we were thinking of bringing me in yesterday, Dawson. You <laughs> <laughs> talk about a shocker. <laughs> you don't mind too much today, though. All the same. No, and we wouldn't have won anything without him, so... No, no. All no, good. All good. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I, I suppose, Kev, like, um, like it's, it's, it's some achievement for a team that everyone wrote off. I actually think everyone's actually a little bit disrespectful towards the players, and uh, for the last number of weeks, like, um, I've, never known, I've never known a team that beats the county champions by 13 points and then beat them in a county semi-final and to be largely wrote off for a county final. Like, it, it you know... The lads about respect, like um, you know, I've never come across it. Like for a team that worked so hard all year, for a team that was you know trying so much, and for a team that's full of such talent, like and like yesterday we went out in the front foot and we were just doing our best to try and win the match. And like uh, I have to say, like to the players, like they were full of full of honour, they were full of dignity, and like. You know, like, and that's the thing about Pal is Pal is such a club about, you know, about the GAA and about giving the raw. Like, most of that team that played yesterday, uh, Kev, actually trained the local or the underage teams in the club. They're heavily involved. Shane O'Neill's involved with Carlo 20s, you know, and like, so, no, it was brilliant yesterday to win that match. And I couldn't get over the crowd yesterday. I know you had said to me earlier on the week, off air before the, we did interview that there was a, a motor of a crowd expected on that yesterday. But like, like I said, there was nobody left in Palatine yesterday. Anyone who wanted to rob a few houses yesterday in Palatine probably could because there were such such numbers in, in, in uh, Netwatch Cullen Park yesterday. Yeah, there really was, in fairness. It was a cracking atmosphere. And lads, uh, to be fair to, to Palatine, like, you went, around, you went about your business in, in, in some style. Like, you went in seven points up, um, took the opportunities that were presented to you. And, you know, I suppose... You know, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful to Tim Ryland, but in fairness, calling it fairly straight, and we always do here on the podcast, right? 
They did get a little bit of luck in getting a bit closer to, to Pal. Uh, the first goal in particular was probably at the softest variety. The second one, a ball in around the house. And at one stage, it did look like they were going to sneak a draw over it. At that particular point, Snack, you must have been fairly nervous on the line, I'd imagine. Head, my head was gone on the other shirt. I think everyone's head is gone in them situations, Kev. You'd be a liar if you didn't say it. It didn't. I, I, I went into the dressing room after the speeches. I just got over there. Carney was the next man in. And a bit of crack with Carney. I just said to him, why did you play like me today? <laughs> with a bit of a laugh. With a bit of a laugh, in fairness. But just glad to go over the line. Another five minutes, we were on the rocks. We were, we were on the ropes, weren't we? But uh, no, we got over the Crowley. The last play of the game, Crowley, he was bet. He was tired. He was gone. Still bet his man drew a free game over. Fair play to him. He was brilliant yesterday. And in fairness, in the lead up to that, Pado, like you kept the ball for a long period as well, I think. I'm trying to recall the exact phase of play, but I know Jonah Dunn was on the attack for Tin Island. And um, you guys got a few men in around him and turned them over. But there was definitely a period, I would say, and I must go back and check, of about 60 seconds where Pallet just kept the ball, which is exactly what you needed to do in that moment. So you must have been very pleased with that element of composure, I suppose. Yeah, well, like in, in fairness, I think the man that's not here yet, Billy Murphy or Killian Roach, deserves huge credit for that. Like, uh, Billy all year would have been on about tag the man. Um, like and you know the guys, the guys we've been through that scenario so often in training, and like Killian Roach, I I I I don't really want to praise him because I'm afraid someone's going to go take him off us because the man's an absolute genius. He's only 25, 26 years of age. Himself and Billy, when they get together, they're just they're just awesome. And like you have the experience then of Noel Byrne and and Pod, like I I don't <laughs> like you know. I was actually talking to my old lad in the nursing home on, on, on Friday evening and or before I went up to the pal lads and you know I, I, he just said to me what's the story with the management team because he never would have met the lads because he's in the nursing home and I was just like geez they're fellas you will meet up for the rest of your lives regardless of what happens on Sunday because they just loved our club so much and like you, you just don't like things like that come, comes out the day of a match because you know like that scenario in the last 60 seconds that you were on about um, Kevin that has been rehearsed all the time since February hold the ball for 60 seconds hold the ball for 60 seconds hold the ball for 60 seconds and um, you know so like uh, as you can hear in the background Kevin it's getting fairly boisterous here so it is yeah yeah I don't know that anyone going to bed at all last night out there <laughs> he's back on it earlier <laughs> well Miss, Mrs Holloway uh, or Cormac's mother puts on a, a great fright this morning anyway Good stuff. Fuel for day two, as you. We might go into day three and day four as well. Um, Jesus, singing, singing at, at this hour is is a, is a great sign of a, of a party, lads. In fairness, that's what you want. Paddo, can I just ask from your point of view? Like you've been involved with a lot of teams. Where does this rank in terms of achievements? <laughs> well, jeez, it's like um, since since I could live or breathe GA and um, Kevin and. Um, the one thing I always wanted to do was win a senior county final in the red and green. I always dreamed it would be St. Martin's, but uh, yesterday, yesterday, regardless of the result, I got to live a dream in the sense of a team so committed, so united with each other, to win a county final is just exceptional against all the odds. Like it's, you know, people are tipping us for relegation at the start of the year, and I just couldn't understand it either. I think Snack and Billy said to me a couple of times during the year I was half mad because uh, back in March they said we'd win a county final and Cormac is off the screen there now but 
he thought he thought I'd been let loose from Canis's. It's just it's unreal. It's it's to be honest with you, it's something you'll take to the grave. Um, and probably in the last twelve hours, it's only sinking in since we got to Palatine Clubhouse last night. How much it actually means to everyone in the club? Like it's just like I just you know I, I actually showed Cormac this morning and, and and his mother. I've I've actually marked some of shoulder bruises from the slaps in the back, and it's just, it's just phenomenal. So it is. It's, it's probably bar getting married or, or having a child, Kevin. I would say it's probably the greatest thing that we've, that I'll ever do. And I just want to enjoy the moment. And you're with such, you're with friends for life as well. With Snack, Billy, and Killian, and Pod, and all. And it's just it's unreal. Like it's. It's unreal in the sense that I knew we could do it, but it's unreal in the sense that what it means to everyone else, if you know what I mean. I think the gas thing is the fact that all those bruises are up on your shoulder, they could easily have been across your two arse cheeks if you had lost the game. You know the way <laughs> football works. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it did. I'll be honest with you, when Jason Kane broke with that ball in injury time, I think it was the sixth or seventh minute, and like, you know, Johnny Murphy was right from the game yesterday, and I have to say, Johnny is probably one of the best referees in the country. Um, like when he said five minutes, and in fairness, our physio was out for, for an injury. Mara Murphy uh, came back in and said, There's actually six minutes left, as in that was at 61, if you know what I mean. And you, you know, there was another, you know, six minutes to play. But when Jason broke with that ball and the clock was hitting 66 43, and I knew what Jason was going to do, it was going to be a ball direct to Crowley. He was coming out and Jason, as he was going up the line, there was actually a smile on his face because he knew he was looking up to the clock, hitting that ball. Crowley was going to go win the ball. And at that stage, I'll be honest with you, Kevin, it did go through my head. I was kind of like, I've gone from possibly getting a few boxes to the jaw here for losing this to, to winning the county final, if you know what I mean. Because it, it did, in those when Paul Roderick steps up to take a free in a county final, you kind of expect him to land it. And he didn't, but in fairness to our guys, they were already setting up for a breakaway attack, and it's 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 brilliant to be quite honest with you. So I agree with you. It could have been a few belts across the the, the arse or a few belts to the jaw either. So it could have been Kevin. Yeah, lads. Look, I know there's big celebrations uh, underway already. We want to let you get back to them, right? But just lastly, uh, you know, you touched upon a Pado going to see a relative in a nursing home last week, and we saw. You know, Eddie McGarry going to a grave. We saw Jason Kane going to a grave. And I think that's his third medal on his last third anniversary. Like, what it actually does for people and what it means to people outside of the actual game of football itself, it can never be, I suppose, overstated or underestimated. It's just a remarkable thing. Well, I'll, 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 I'll finish on this, Kev. Palatine means everything to those guys because they put everything into it. And they love their club. They love the people in the club. They love their neighbours. They have pride in what they do. They have honour and integrity in what they do. And football is a game that's played with the heart. It's played with skill. It's played with passion. And at the end of the day, stats analysis, don't wins your county finals. It's pure heart. And when you mentioned Jason Kane there and you mentioned Eddie McGarry, there's something inside of those pal lads so strong. Something inside so strong. So... Well, better way to wrap up the segment, Paddle, in fairness. 
by the way, it's not over yet. We have a Leinster Championship to look forward to as well. Absolutely. Paddo Flynn, the very best look in that. Well done again, and thanks for having a chat with us here. Enjoy the celebrations, Paddo. Thanks very much, Kev. There you go, Paddo Flynn and Cormac Snackbox Holloway. Nice bit of singing from Snack as well. I've got to bring in Brian Donahue, Stephen Barmerick, John Olin. Evening, gents. How are you? Morning. Hi, Kev. Good evening. Morning. <laughs> it could be morning for some people in Palatine at the moment, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. Fennett. And yeah. Fennett. Uh, yep, I'm in the WhatsApp group. Yep, it's it's party central. Yeah. I think they joined uh, forces, by the way, today as well, Pal and Fennett. I was just going to say that. I think I, I saw on social media that they've uh, made their way over to Pal Clubhouse. Yep. Good stuff. Nice to see that. I'm sure maybe Blanchfields could be busy enough down south as well. Uh, Actually, do you know what? I'm going to delve straight into this. I've been reliably informed, but promise not to say names, that there was a stag party on involving some players that, that play with St. Mullins, right? And I think it was in around Limerick area or something like that. A bus went from the stag yesterday morning in Limerick straight in it watch Cullen Park. <laughs> Can you believe it? And they still went and won that final against Aska 2-11-2-7. Brian, you're actually with me on that. For uh, for commentary duties and, and Mick Yo, it was actually a really good game of football, and that is some story. It was, and I can well believe it because there was a, some chap from St. Mullins was rooting in the boot of his car at uh, half one twenty five to two, looking for a pair of boots and match thrown in at two o'clock. Like so, I well believe it. Yeah, and you know I'm actually going to start with the junior B because uh, you know let's let's change it up a little bit on the on the showpiece show I suppose uh, the showcase showdown. What was that in Bruce Price right or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was a really, really enjoyable game of football. You had St. Mullins full of physicality, full of fitness. Aska full of football. And at times, maybe just ran out of steam a little bit in the end. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, oh, that's exactly it. Um, I would have said St. Mullins had a little bit of cuteness. Um, obviously, like, they've played in, a lot of them players played in, uh, senior hurling finals, and while it's a different ball game, uh, it's uh, the, the pressure of a final uh, didn't seem to end them at all. And they seemed to be very, especially when they went ahead in the second half, they were very good at managing time and managing uh, kind of game situations and, and um, different little challenges that popped their way. Credit to ask it, like, there's some fine footballers, and um, like Conor O'Brien did his living best to um, kind of get them back into it in the second half. But I'd say cuteness, a um, bit of fitness, and um, and in fairness, like looking at the physique of Lisa Mouse and James Island, and then what is centre centre back? Um, what was his name? Paddy O'Shea. Paddy O'Shea. Paddy O'Shea. What? Yeah, what a name! Uh, like their their tanks. Um, uh, so um, yeah, it was, it was great. Really enjoyable game of football. Very. It was. Um, like, there was no cynicism in it. It was uh, just really pure. Um, uh, football and and uh, really really enjoyable and savage weather as well, which always helps, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Jesus, it was like uh, it was like a sauna inside that that press box. Um, yeah. Look, some some big moments. Obviously, Seamus Murphy finishes up with with two goals. Uh, one coming from the penalty spot, he was a constant threat. James Dial knocked over a couple of trademark frees off the ground, which we've become accustomed to seeing in uh, county football finals over the past couple of years. Uh, some of Asuka's play, like some of the scores they got in the first half, in particular, were you know phenomenal. Uh, five or six starting forward scoring, you know Ben Dorley one one, a couple of points for Jamie Dorley, Jimmy Feeling scored, Dylan Roche got one two. 
like Conor O'Brien, I think we said it on the commentary. I can't remember who we got mad unofficial mad match in the end, but Conor O'Brien was definitely in the mix. Like he covered serious ground in fairness to him. I thought he put on a really good display. Uh, another little point, Brian, yesterday. I know we were saying there was a team of the weekend that John Dwyer was destined to play in the county final yesterday. Um, as was Val Fleming the day before, maybe Parky Fleming, regardless, because uh, you know, Fenna and Lachlan Bridge, Tin Ryland and uh and Aska. Uh, Brian Jackson was another one, of course. Or Brian, I think, is Keith's brother. So you know, it's just interesting that the parallels to be drawn on that. So what we might do is um, we might move backwards kind of to the senior final then. And we've just heard from, you know, Pado and, and from Snack. And I'll bring in on this show because, you know, uh, we got we got a very, a very enjoyable uh, finish to that particular piece. But it was a very important point, I think, that we actually got there in terms of what it means to people. And... Um, I suppose, like, you know, the Jason Kane story, that's just phenomenal. On the day of his, of his dad's like, third anniversary, he wins his, his third senior county medal. That's just amazing. And he's actually captain pal, I think, for, uh, for all those three as well. And back-to-back, and sen- back-to-back senior captain and back-to-back minor, minor yeah. captain. That's, that's serious going, Fairstone. Yeah, no, it's incredible, Kevin. And, and uh, I suppose, like, he's a leader. He, he shows it, shows it up every time. He leaves everything out on the pitch. But you're right there. In terms of occasions like that, and it was it was a nice like I mean, you know the, the, these victories and losses and you know they're about communities, they're about people in the community, people in your clubs, and um, you know I think sometimes we do we, we kind of sometimes forget that the impact that uh, the impact the GA has on all of us in terms of uh, and, and the impact that that it has like right you know Canary Island are hurting there tonight or whatever, and but still they did their parish proud, uh, you know they represented a lot of families and. You know, so like, I mean, look, there's there's moments like that, and sometimes, you know, it, it's not just the winners. The, the winners are doing it. You know what I mean? That 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 all those who take part uh, in every aspect of it, um, it, it does mean so much to community. And and your GA club, I always said your GA club is there through thick and thin. It's about more than what happens on the pitch. It's actually probably sometimes what happens on the pitch. I think when you get older, sometimes what happens on the pitch is I won't say of the least importance, but it, it actually takes a back seat. Um, because the strength you can draw on it. We see probably every one of us, if we look around here, the clubs that we represent have been through, their communities have been through very hard times with you know, tragedies and things going on. And your, your your club is at the backbone of when you go to look for the support. So, yeah, it was a nice moment for, for Jason, uh, Fairness Tomb, and all those connected, yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving to the game itself then, lads. So... <laughs> Joe, you'll be delighted with this. After our little argument last week, uh, I said Tenorio wouldn't be any more than six up or six down at half time, and I went in seven down, of course. It played out exactly the way I said it. You know, just I, I, I listened back to the podcast. It's exactly the way we predicted last week. Yeah, it's mad. Like, I suppose when, when you look at the, the jigs and rails of it, Tenorio hold possession at the very start for a couple of minutes. Morris Lawler gets him a point. Uh, Shane O'Neill says, you know what? I couldn't give a shit about your blanket or your duvet or your mattress. I'm going to kick the ball over it. And it, he must have been 50 yards out, outside of the left boot. Sublime score. Literally from that kick out then, um, what do you call it? Uh, Cottle Gaffney tries to pick out Conor O'Toole. Probably doesn't attack the ball. And uh, Shane gets a hand on it, I think, initially. It breaks inside. Jamie Kenny has a lot of work to do, in fairness. And then he, he slots it away in, uh, in the bottom corner. That gives... Pal a big boost, but Tin Island don't go hiding at this point. In fairness, Tin Island come back into it. Dermot Walsh kicks, uh, you know, a couple of couple of nice scores, and then another hammer blow. I suppose coming towards half time, with Pal 
you know, with Joshua E getting around the, the, the goal mouse, getting a bit of contact, goes to ground. And, uh, you know, initially I was like, Jesus, I wonder what's that penalty? But I got to look at it today. It was a penalty, plain and simple. Um, Tom Sheen took it away. 2-4 Palatine, three points to Ireland at half time, and a big, big mountain to climb. And we wondered about this. Like, we wondered about, you know, what happens when Pal moved the ball quickly. And did they move the ball quickly and lead up to that, uh, to that penalty in particular? And did they kick the ball out over the blanket, like what we were saying last week? Um, and to Ryan at this point, obviously, are chasing the game. They make a couple of changes at halftime. John Murphy comes in. Keane Lawler comes in. John Murphy, in particular, I thought, made a big, big difference. Um, out of all the subs, Cormac O'Brien, maybe, you know, to, to an extent, as well, when he came on, he scored a point. And then two minutes into the second half, Paul Broderick came in. Now, the lads might have a bit of a theory on this that perhaps that was just held off to get the lift from the crowd. Um, I don't know. John Stevie might might think that's a great idea. I don't know if they're going to put it on record as that. But I understand it to an extent. Um, maybe it's unfair on some of the halftime. Have they been told they're coming off two minutes into the second half or not? I don't know. But the idea behind it, I would say, is that Broderick comes in after two or three minutes in the second half. Big lift from the crowd. You know, and try to turn the game a little bit. Um, any thoughts on that? Actually, that's no that I've put out there. I don't know if it would be. I don't know if any club would make a, a sub to get the crowd on side as such. But uh, when you're someone like Broderick, you definitely bring him on to make your opposition like he has to be marked. He just simply has to be marked. So, um, <laughs> well, two minutes in the second half, Brian. It's so close to half time. Like, how much can you were, do in two minutes? But there were seven points down, weren't there? Yeah, but why not make the half time then? Oh, yeah, I get your point. I'm bringing it back mm. to Paul coming in two minutes into the second half. The lads have okay. said, why not, why not do it at half time? My, my point, my rationale I'd behind it not, yeah. is that they probably, I'm just suggesting they might have did it to get the, the lift from the crowd. You know? Yeah, I can see, see why they've done yeah, it, but yeah. it's, it's, we're wondering last week like, if, if they don't, like we're talking about the three subs that were on probably last week, Paul Broderick, uh, John Murphy and Keane Lawler. Between them, big impact. Um, you're seven points down a half. Like, you know, that's the, the balancing. I know Stephen Amar said during the week, like, it was great to have Paul Broderick down at all. Um, I was surprised, one other why he didn't start. And then, you know, I, I, I can see, and Kevin, you know, you said it in the WhatsApp last night, you can see why they've done it. And, like, you, you're, if it works and the God draw or the one at grand and, no, I wasn't the losing the game or anything by two minutes, but still two minutes, an extra two minutes of hard project in the field might have made a difference. You know, an extra 32 minutes with him on the field might make a difference as well. But um, it, you can see why he was done, but just, you know, it's, it's, if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But just this, uh, you know, if someone going out after half time, and I, I, I can't tell you who's to go for half time now, but. Uh, Connor Ryan two, and Barry Power. Yeah, Barry Power, sorry, yeah. Like there was someone in the next, someone knew going out after half time, whether we're calling or they're coming off in two or three minutes. You know, that's mm. the, you know, a bar. Yeah. Perhaps if you got a goal or two, and that be be mad, but sure, you know, it didn't yeah. happen. Could it have been just that he was um the need to get him wound up or something? That had did did they win at half time and was didn't want to bring him in totally cold and had to give him a couple of minutes to get ready. Maybe maybe as maybe it's as simple as that, but I suppose that the long and short of it is he didn't have the same effect as he did in the semi final. Um, from from their point of view, so um, you know, I'd imagine if 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 they were that organised, which they seem to be at that level, 
you know, the lad would be ready. You know what I mean? That if he was going in at halftime, he'd know and they would have had him warmed and primed down to the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing it back to Pal then. So they push on and go nine points up. I actually thought it was eight. It was, it was nine. And again, some really, really good scores. Uh, I think Conor Crowley got the man of the match from the, what do you call it, the, the press that had a vote on it yesterday. Um, you know, he looked a threat throughout. Kenny looked a threat throughout. Like Shane O'Neill was absolutely outstanding. He tends to do that in county finals and big games and in All-Ireland schools finals, as we've seen. <laughs> um, I suppose at that particular juncture then, can Ireland get a bit of a lifeline? And it is a big, big stroke of luck, to be honest. I've looked back on it again today. I actually thought Conor O'Toole got a, a touch to it, but uh, the ball flies in around the house. Conor O'Toole's probably in Craig Carney's eye line, and the ball goes in past Carney into the bottom corner. So all of a sudden, we're back to um, a six-point game. Skipping on a little bit, Paul Broderick, I think, I'd be fairly certain it was an attempt for a point, drops in around the house, Shane Redmond gets a fist to it. Um, Shane Redmond, to his credit, looked at, you know, dangerous snuff in around, in around the goal, but th- that brought it back to a point. Uh, there could have been an exchange of scores after that, but it produced a, a very tense and exciting finale where Tin Ireland um, forced Conor Allred over carrying down in the corner on the uh, Hanron side, I will say stand side of the Hanron side. And it's a difficult enough free, right, in fairness now, even for a player of uh, Paul Roderick's standard. And the questions afterwards was, Walsh or Roderick take it? And you can see Paul actually asking Dermot did he want to take it, right? But if you look at it throughout the year, Dermot Walsh is hitting them all year. Paul Roderick's hitting them all his life. So, like, in that moment, it's kind of hard to, to decide who's going to hit what. It was uh, it was marginally wide. From an attack thereafter, the Ireland got possession. Jonah Dunn went around, the, I suppose, the left-hand side of the pal blanket and eventually got gobbled up. Balls turned over. Palatine hold on to it for about a minute, I would say. And it gets worked down the far side. And a foul is drawn. Conor Crowley puts it over. Game over. Long and short of it, that's just, I suppose, a story of the game. Palatine put themselves into a position, played very, very good football. You've got to give them great credit. They were in control of the game. And Ryland didn't try in the towel. They came back at them. But all credit here has to go to Palatine, lads. Like, as Pado said there, you know, I have to hold my hand up anyway. I didn't give much of a chance to start of the year. I wouldn't think many people did, to be honest with you. Um, definitely, though, last week, there was a big chance given to them. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit... Harsh to suggest that they were completely written off during this week. But definitely, I suppose, the stages throughout the year, we mightn't have thought that the power were going to be county champions. The Raffili game, you know, Paddo mentioned it there, winning by 12 or 13 points. And it's not taking that away from them, right? But they had to go and produce that again against the Raffili side that were at full tilt. So that particular one, still, while it was an impressive display and impressive result and raising eyebrows, there was still that caveat there. But they really proved their point, I felt from semi-final onwards, where mm-hmm. it mattered the most. And that's, for me, why they're deserving county champions. Yeah, I know they're definitely, I mean, the, the, the ones that had the National Cup, so they're deserving champions. I suppose um, the, the performance against Lockdown wasn't good, though. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe Lockdown were just were excellent. So um, it, it wasn't that, you know, every single game they, they played, they were at 100 mile an hour. But certainly as the championship went on, they just got stronger and stronger and quicker and um, more accurate. And... Uh, is the um based on yesterday's performance and based on the semi-final they are 100 percent uh, deserving champions and it's amazing to see um like that 20 uh, 15 20, yeah, 2015 minor team um it's amazing how many of those lads were involved in county finals this weekend um crowley shane o'neill k 
Keen Fitzpatrick, Tommy Brick, um, Kaha Gaffney, um, Niall Lowry. Um, you must have been a slept with that brain, were you? Connor, yeah, but Connor Darty. <laughs> no, but just the, the, the point, the, the, just the, it's amazing how many of them. Um, I know, I know, are, I know. Are, are now household names in their in their clubs, like you know. Uh, I know, yeah. In fairness, um, just to go back to the, the whole thing, right? Because Paul do feel a bit hard done by. You can see it on social media today about, like, if you look at it from our point of view, though, right? And this is not Palatine's fault, but start of the year we're told they're in transition. The first game they play a Rangers side who were down half a team. Okay, they play a Raffili side who don't have. Was it Brendan O'Brien Murphy not playing that day? Both. At least, yeah, they're they're not playing, right? And Finnegan. And it, yeah, and Finnegan. And then they go and play an all Auckland side who are already out of the championship. So, like, I don't think it's that we were being all disrespectful of them. You know, they still had to go and win those games. And they did. Yeah. And we give them credit for that. But thereafter, like, if someone was being harsh on them in a semi-final and a final, yeah, well, fair enough. I don't think we were, to be honest with you. Personally. We uh, still had, like, I said to you in the WhatsApp there last week, that 12 of the starting, you know, the regular starting AHE and or starting first AHE and had been involved in their last win was at 16 mm. 15 or 16 uh right they were you were wondering like they, they took two beatings off of their over not two beatings one one good beating and, and another one would be four or five points where they were probably never going to win the game that day and you'd be wondering would it be baggage from that to know coming in then they have only two or three lads of probably fine experience uh like the early goal definitely Settled any nerves, uh, Pal were going to have, and they didn't show any nerves in the world of God. Like, I, what was the white count yesterday? I was it. Uh, I'm gonna take out the little book of notes here now, and I have Tin Island down for eight wides. Now, I could be wrong on this. Um, I pal down for three, that could have been me. Yeah, hit three the last test, like, like they're clinical. That, yeah. that, that I'm putting out a disclaimer now. That probably yeah, sure, isn't right. Yeah. yeah, well, like, yeah. I think they're three wides against Raffili last time, Raffili roughly eight or nine or ten. Point uh, wide, sorry. Um, you know, you're looking at Tinrail yesterday a couple of times. There was uh, shots taken from positions where it was a better position 20 seconds earlier. And you know, these are things come with experience, I suppose, as well. And uh, one, one of them goes over, you know, it's when the score, it's when you're that six, seven points down. It's what you do then, like, is you know, the game gets away and you're back up, go to nine or ten, or you get back to four or five. And you do get the rub of the green from the you know from the forty five that, that went the hallway in and it just it was I got to see the second half live and I tell you it was you know it was But you watched the first half back today, just put put out there so I did, yeah. Well I watched it on the way after it just after the game was over I got to look at it and sure I knew like it, I didn't know who scored the goals or anything like that, but I, I um they go back to Shane O'Neill. Shane O'Neill ends up one and one with Shane Redmond for the goal. Like, it's mm. the way things pan out like that. Sean Palburn sitting under laurels that were waiting, putting Conor Lawler back full back there, just sit back. And one thing I seen Conor Lawler doing yesterday, what I don't normally see him doing, was two or three kick passes, 30 or 40 yards. Mm. And could be game breakers, you know, that, 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 that takes out four or five hand passes, um, things like that, you know, that the, the, you know, you normally see him bombing forward, drawing a free. The best man, himself and Sean Gannon, they pop the hand, they catch the hand off the pawn free. And he's a little bit issue because I haven't seen him doing it once, it's hardly. Next minute, he popped two or three foot passes. And, you know, they've developed, but to say they're in transition, 
Right, compared to last look, the horrible year order last year with the tragedies over there, just, you know, it was, you know, it was, forget last year and that was it. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of experience there on that team. Just, you know, um, both I will say, when Pado was appointed, lads were looking at, you know, it's a hurling man, like, you know, what's he going to do with Palmin football? And he got himself in snack box, like the, the, the dolman over there, the might to engrave the, the two, the two heads and a like um, Mount Rushmore, I think. But I, I, I think, I, I think, would you believe it? I, I think, and there's a man we didn't. I know you had the interview with him, but we didn't talk a lot about his influence. Um, Pado, like you know, super organised. Not saying anything about any other manager, but super organised. You know, uh, everything down to a T. Um, he'd say himself, he'd know, he'd know his limitations, but he's a great manager. You know, he knows how to to delegate and know the roles and all. Um. Super committed, you know. That brings that huge energy. I said it to him. He he has faith in the players as well. You know the trust. You know he, he's not building robots. You know what I mean. He it's not you'll work to my system. It's right. What do we have? What, what do we have? Where are we strong? And we you know we work on that. Um. I I, I think, I think great credit to him. Uh, I think their game plan was spot on. Their kick passing game just absolutely, it blew kind of tin rail in the way. I think yeah. Crowley's first score, if you look at that, I think it was Shane O'Neill hit a 60, maybe a 60-yard kick pass. Took out everyone, took out the whole lot. And and, and Pal were, were able to do that. But were, why were they able to do it? Because obviously th- their management had faith in them, they had trust in them to do it. But they also had, I call it the skill level, the technical ability to do it. Uh, you know, and, and they were taking risks. You know, and, and, they, and they got scores from them. If you don't take risks, you're not going to get scores. Um, and I think I think that was was key. I think it was really key because a lot of teams would say, right, if you turn over, just say if it was a, a team, Tinryland, in fairness, advanced with a lot of numbers, but when they're turned over, they probably expect teams to carry the ball against them, and they 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 get back onto their own forty-five. Pal didn't give them a chance at times yesterday. They went straight over that blanket directly, and like we said as well, they got their shooters on, and, and when they had a shot, I, I don't hardly remember any pal lad not turning down a shot if you get me if he thought there was one on maybe one or two times they popped it to Wentford and you know I, I think you have to instill that in your players too there has to be a trust there has to be you know you, you have to have that in your players you have to let them take chances take risk and we'd hear things about teams where they're literally nearly told not to shoot or not to take you know the risk adverse and and I think that's what gets that's the little differences do you know what I mean if you don't take those chances if you you know you take on the one-on-ones, you, you, you get nothing from it. Like, you know, and, and I think you have to credit Pado and his management team for allowing Pal to play to a style that suited him um, rather than maybe what's seen as conventional or what's the, you know, what maybe where football is going in some ways, you know. So even, I have to credit him. Even after the sending off, like to to, um, to have 14 men and... Um, Without really altering any of, of what they were doing, um, to, to hang on, um, and and galvanize themselves was uh, just as impressive, you know. Yeah, I left out that actually. Yeah. David Reed with what was it? I can't remember what was going on the clock. There was definitely fifteen minutes they said to go. Was there? Oh, it was a good while, yeah. Uh, sixteen, sixteen, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose yeah, that like that was that was a big big moment. As only you think about it, like uh, that we that we probably should have mentioned. No, I agree with Jip. Big big credit to to Pado. Stuff I didn't like to see in the senior final yesterday. 
Uh, both sides guilty of it, and it's not just tonight in the Palatine. We're seeing it in the game the whole time now. It's just a bit of petulance and a bit of jeeriness. Like, you know, I, it's been in the game a while now, but I'm not a fan of it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't personally like to see someone jumping up straight away and fist pumping and celebrating when someone's been sent off. I don't like seeing someone going in the mountain and a defender's face after a goal being scored either. I don't like seeing, you know, just all this tangling and bullshit, really, to be honest with you. And poor opposite to some of the sportsmanship that we saw across the weekend. Like, just say, for example, in Aska and St. Mullins, Niall Davis went down with cramp. And I can't think of what St. Mullins lads caught the leg and tried to alleviate the cramp. Same thing happened the day before. Oshin Dyle at Clonmore and Liam Brennan. Liam Brennan went down with cramp and Oshin Dyle was, was over there to, to try to help him out. Like, but, uh, we, and, and even to make that more rounded, Kevin, was... If you remember, that was Clamore had a line ball. There were a pint down coming into injury time when he actually stretched out Liam Brennan. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't get up off the ground and dragging him up to get him up into team play. He actually made sure he checked him and the physio thing came in from Lachlan. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a great act of sportsmanship in fairness. And does, in, that, in that does that come in, lads? Does that come in, lads, in, in the higher grades more than is that kind of telling you that? I, that's breaking up on us, Miss Davy. You're asking, is it coming in the higher grades more? Yeah, like the fact that Ocean Island and Liam Brennan there the other day would have happened yesterday in the senior or the, the intermediate. Oh, look, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say because you can't speak for every individual. Like it's individual responsibility yeah. at the end of the day, right? But I know what I, I'm not going to make any bones about it. Like a lot of a lot of coaches would probably say, let them know about it. Do you know what I mean? And and. It is a little bit sad that we're going this route. It's not something that's happened today or yesterday. It just seems to be creeping in more and more. And I just don't like it. I think it's a bit disrespectful. I know I injured myself, but to be honest with you, the thing I used to love when I was playing anyway, is if I was playing full back and someone was coming through, I just loved the prospect of hitting a good hard dunk. But it was never like, you know, I, your mother or any of this shit. Like, or I just dying to it. Like, if someone starts it, yeah, fair enough. But it just seems like. There's more talking and football going on for the 60 minutes. A lot of cases. Mm. Pulling and dragging and bollocks and around, to be honest with you. Just... you have to, they have to make a little bit of an allowance. The fact that it was to local derby yesterday, in particular. Um, every All boys went to school together and all that. Like, like, maybe. Maybe. Uh, by, by hate yeah. as well. Um, and there's, there's a difference between, um, you know, far putting the ball over the bar and turning. And, and or if, if someone's got a bit of grief and say, oh, I look at the scoreboard and all that old-fashioned stuff. Um, but how do you, how do you stamp it out? Like, um, you're not, you're not going to, I don't think. But the and, worry and is that it filters down. Like, many kids are there. Like, you know what I mean? It goes down in the underage grades, and then celebrating lads' faces. Like, what, what happened to give respect, get respect? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's tiddlywinks either. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah. or basketball or anything like that. But you no, know, it's just anyway. And that's enough time spent on it. I just felt I had to bring that well, up. Well, speaking of basketball, like you do have. There's so much access now to documentaries about be it Michael Jordan or be it uh, NFL um, documentaries and and yokes and um, like in a lot of those American sports, it, it, there's a lot of uh, machoism and it's, it's about like you who's yeah, a big dog and maybe it's an element of the act like lads are seeing that and and um, uh, uh, yeah, I, it's more that the contact with with. Basketball, on I was referring to, but the trash talk is definitely something they may have gotten from because that's going on years upon years. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from senior for now, lads, because we're coming back to team of the year and a player of the year. Unless you've gotten further to add on the game itself. Before I move oh, on. Uh, well, no, just just one, well, one one little thing. I thought one thing 
that was different from this game slightly in terms of influence, in terms of General Island influence, um, was because of the threat that Pal had up front in terms of the actual and the style of play. I think it actually pinned back in um it pinned back in um Danny Warren. Danny Warren. And I think I know he popped up with a point, and it's not just the score, but he, he actually offered he, he offers a, a lot of go forward, if you get me. And he didn't yeah. get to go forward until really they were, you know, they were really chasing the game and even the man up. And I think you know, his little loss, uh, that kind of trust that he gave that trust he gives to the kind of the forward momentum and even the he's a good kicker of a point as well as we know. Um that was a key thing as well, you know, that that they couldn't risk, you know, that Tin Ryland couldn't risk in the first half or, you know, for long periods of time, they couldn't risk moving them, moving them further up the field because of the, you know, the, the threat that Pal had. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took probably a little bit from Tin Ryland's game, uh, their overall forward momentum a little bit as well. It's just something I thought, you know, because he had been going bombing forward a lot in other games and it was just noticeable yesterday. He didn't he didn't get on that ball in the, in the opposition half as much as he normally would have had. Mm-hmm. Any other points, lads? Happy enough? Crack on. Okay, good no, stuff. I'm going to move to the intermediate final because we're moving backwards in sequence. So, uh, Fenna, for me, put on one of the best displays I've ever seen from any team in the county final in seeing off Nave 317 to 111, I think, or something like that in the end. Um, just outstanding from Fenna. Now, I have a couple of clips from that county final. Um, I'll bring them up here. I'll turn down the volume because there's two... Obviously, some commentary that we don't want to listen to because they're already on the screen. <laughs> Nary Joe. But uh, this this is a, a lovely passage to play. It's Pori Coins breaking out from the fence. And yes, they got a bit of fortune here, right? But just watch this for a pass. That's Dylan Bradley, I think, inside to uh, Jack Tracy, right? And look at this. He says, no, I don't want the point. There's a goal on here. I'm still going to go for the juggler. Okay, it's not on now. I'll come back out and now we'll take the point. And Colin Burr slots it over. And I think at that particular time, that was Fenna with everyone after scoring from play out or six forwards uh, with a little bit of time left as well. So I'm just going to remove that one. Next sequence of play is a minute and a half long, but it was as good a minute and a half as I've seen. There's two scores, I think, in this one. This is Smithers, I think, coming forward, popping one in to Colin Byrne. He does ever so well to hold this ball, lads. Into Jack Tracy, Dylan Bradley on the back post, calm compose around Andy O'Brien. Super move, super goal. And I think the next score uh, is coming just after that. I thought it was coming after that. Maybe it's back in the other uh, the other one, actually. Yeah, it is. I'll go back to that one. So, just from the kick out, trying to get a big, strong fist onto it. And on comes Michael Murphy to the break. Again, looking up to see is Ratton happening. Patient. Every time there's a play taken, the head is up. No panicking. Sean Smithers in possession again. Back he comes to Colin Byrne. Again, Fenna patient. Byrne just knocks out to the side. Parry Kynes up from wing back. Waits for the run. Inside, Bradley says, right, there's no point on here. Back out to Hines. Cormac Lomas comes off the shoulder and slots it nice and neatly over the bar off the left. That, for me, folks, is absolutely outstanding football. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> They're, all yeah, on the ball. They're all, like... Won a couple of minors three or four years ago, whoever it was. Um, they're so natural on the on the ball, left foot, right foot, and that's that's a a fair, you know, a, a, it's a fair statement from Fenna 
regardless of how they go on next year, I know we're, we're all saying they can go deep in the championship and they can. Could take them a couple of years. But you're looking through the team there, you know, from, I'd say from five up, they can all kick with both feet nearly. And, right, that should be a given. But it's not, you know. And tricky forwards, like, you know, you hold Sean Smithers, you might, you call McClomax, you might be Murphy. Jack Tracy, probably quite enough got a point, I think, in play, did he? Still, and on, the score, on the score from Quay, but he was involved in a lot yeah, of scores. If, if, you know, if that's uh, what you, 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 you go by, but like the two Bradleys, like Keegan Bradley and Dylan Bradley, were just yeah, like Joe, we spoke about the six between them, I think, from play. There the was, I, I have it here, so two three for Dylan and one two for, for Keegan. And while Dylan got a goal, I think, in the semi final, um. You're probably still looking on, on final day uh, as him maybe not being the lad that's going to, you know, be, be the star candidate as such. Keegan Bradley was absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. I want to wish him the best as well because he had two heat knocked out uh, coming near the end of the game for an incident off the ball, which wasn't nice. But anyway, hope that's get, that, that gets sorted fairly soon. Um, I think, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine different scores. Like that's, mm. that's phenomenal in any county final. The versatility, Joe, we spoke about it previously. Of the Fen lads, like Keegan Bradley played a game for the county of fullback. He can play a fullback, midfield, centre back. Jamie McKay plays a centre back generally, but he was back in doing a job at fullback. Can play midfield. Paulie Coins can play anywhere really from five up to fifteen. He probably do a job for you at fullback as well if you ask him. Sean yeah. Smithers anywhere in in around anywhere you want them. Cormac Longmore's probably the same. Michael, like they're a serious side. And Steve, you said it the other day. They're probably the best equipped intermediate side you've ever seen to go up and play senior football. Do you still stand by that? Since the Blues in 1997. Mm. Yeah. So Fenner are going to win Leinster senior, Stevie, are they? No. I, I, well, look, <laughs> the age profile yeah. the Blues was younger, I'd say, at that time. They were, like, it's a serious Fenner side, and... lads. I know I'm only, I'm only joking, there, right? but it is a serious yeah, Fenner side. They, they, can, they can have an impact. Like. I just yeah, say... The championship that time was how many teams were in it? Was it 10? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. What year? Um, sure, look, like, I, I don't know in the, in the late 90s, but sure it was 12 until 2013. The Blues got to the semi-final in 90... The one that they made in 97 got beaten in the semi-final by Rath Philly in 98. Mm-hmm. They won the next three, I think. Um... Probably a bit more me on the bones of the Blues lads that time than there is in the Fennel lads at the moment. It'd be interesting to see how they go on. But, um, and like, they have on for 25 minutes of that game. We're giving everybody as good as they got. I know there's eight points to five that the couple of them say the half time at the goal. And Andy O'Brien felt sorry for him, you know, and in fairness to him, he made two or three cracking saves after, and like the goal after yeah, the half time. Yeah. It reminded me, me slightly of Carlo Westmead in the the John McDonough above in Crow Park, a goal stroke at half time, a goal after half time, and it's yeah, game put to bed. And um, you know, and they kicked some great scores. Like Ross Smithers kicked two or three points there, cracking points. Um, they did, did a great I think there was uh, there was probably uh, was there 15 different scorers in the match, Kevin? Would they be right in 10? Uh, 14, 16, 16. Some, mm. some, some spread the scores, isn't it? That's unbelievable stuff. Like, and yeah. all their scores bar in the first half, I think all their scores might have come, come from play. I want the correction on that. Yeah, some, they, they some, had, 
Yeah, it's unbelievable the spread of scores. Like to have that many in a yeah. And so on... Stevie's touched on a good point here. So I think three minutes into stoppage time, there was four points in it. Yeah. And was it eight or nine and a half time? All of us left. Yeah, we we got a goal. We got a goal in the point. I think in 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 um. I got a goal in a pint just at the end, or a goal in two pints. I got a goal in a pint, I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, Andy Brown was very unlucky with the goal, the first goal coming out, like, and just kind of, I think, maybe in two minds, and then Keegan Bradley r- r- rolled it into the net. But I think when when, when we were, when Michael were chasing and chasing the big league like that, I think we were always going to be favourites because, you know, we would catch him on, on the bounce. Um, I thought it was just a complete performance. I think you mentioned there as well, you know, uh, I think the age profile is good. I think our our, you know, we have we plenty of pace in both sides of the pitch. Um, going up to senior next year, I know. Look, the boys have to; they're they're still celebrating. And say, um, but going up to senior next year, you'd probably imagine that they might maybe defensively maybe try to tighten it up a little bit. But saying that offensively, I think they'll give any set of backs in Carlo a game next year. I think they're. I just think they have that, and they kind of have a cavalier approach in some ways which is refreshing their foot they play they do play a lovely brand of football um but like what uh brian was saying there about bringing lads through and lads through like that's the work of again management at minor level you know particularly i don't like picking out people but pj burn very instrumental in the development of probably the majority of those players you know murish brick as well going back further but particularly pj burn and 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 how he you know kind of molded into two minor winning teams for us for infinite it's a big a big thing you know because we wouldn't have had that a success so um but they are i i, I think um i think the one good thing that we're not talking about which is great is sean murphy <laughs> because normally when we say, talk about fenna the first thing is if sean murphy has a big game if can sean murphy do this can sean murphy do that sean is now which is great is now just a member of the Fenna team. He is special. He has been special. He always will be special in Fenna in terms of his his exploits with Carlo and, and and everything. But and how he you know how he shows a short example to lads. But on Saturday, probably even without Sean Murphy, we we probably would have had enough in the tank. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a good sign for the club that we have now. We've leaders everywhere across the pitch. I thought like lads like his cousin. I thought was absolutely exceptional on Saturday. Uh, Pori Hines. Um, I really thought he was exceptional uh, from at wing back. Um, just his driving runs, driving runs, and uh, I think that bodes well for Fenna. You know, it wasn't kind of a, a one man kind of got them over the line sort of thing. Mm. I, I, you know, I was uh, up in Kildare like at the weekend. Uh, Bally High or Bally Tig won the intermediate. Beckcastle Dermot. It was all about Jimmy Highland. You know what I mean? Jimmy Highland was literally unmarkable, a one man band nearly in some ways. You know, and we would have had that tag sometimes in Fenna maybe with with Sean. Mm. And a lot of weight put in his shoulders, and a lot of maybe, you know, a, a lot of weight put in his shoulders, and a lot of expectation. And now he has plenty of other lads around him who are our leaders and and bringing Fenna on, and that was a very pleasing thing to see. Do you know what I mean? From a Fenna point of view, I know a win is a win is a win, but I think in how we won and the manner of how other players stood up, I think was was really pleasing as a as a biased Fenna man. I, I thought it was it was brilliant to see. Mm-hmm. I think they'll have a good crack at Leinster as well. Um, I think they'll have a right good crack at it. I actually forgot the run that they had the last time. The one that was a serious run. They got the semi final and yeah. better equipped now. But anyway, Joe, I'd say they'll have a right crack at the foundry on Saturday night. The way they're going still. <laughs> will, will, will you join them? No, 
No, no, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> well, them days are over, lad. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to the junior final, right? So this was an absolute arm wrestle. Uh, there's no other way of putting it. Lachlan Bridge, I have to give them great credit. It sounds like I'm being completely biased, but nobody gave them a prayer in this final. Some more, I don't know, if there's bookmakers odds, they'd be something crazy anyway. They'd beaten them, I think it was like 315 day points in the group stages. They'd bet them in the semi-final of the league. They'd kick the absolute stones out of them down the Battle of Bali. And in the space of a week, no, not that not to suggest that Lockton Bridge weren't working on a game plan like this throughout the year, but what they did in the space of a week and how they implemented it was phenomenal. They really, really frustrated them more. Um, having said that, right, the 15-minute period after halftime, Clunmore should have had Lockton Bridge put away, plain and simple. Keen Kavanagh made absolutely fantastic saves. Great credit to Keen Kavanagh, right? But really and truly, Clunmore should have put some of those away. Plain and simple. Um, like, it's a funny one. It was like a game of who could let each other out of jail the quickest, right? So Clunmore missed all those chances. Lockton Bridge, to the credit, recognised they're still in the game they have a serious chance. It's 6-3. Lockton Bridge goes 7-6 up. So they get four of the last five scores. And it's deep in stoppage time. Um, Fico too, like Jesus. The game is just up at six apiece. He sells two hot dogs for the price of one, yeah. and flicks one over the bar. And um, like Clamore then launched an attack down the far side. There's probably a minute or two of play in between here somewhere. And Lockton Bridge do everything right. I think they they yeah. get they get men back. They they stick tight on Oshin Dial. They stick tight on Shane McGrath. I know pops Billy Lawler, the wing back for Clamore, and pops an absolute beauty to level the game. Yeah. So, I was never as tired after a match, to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a good game. Like it, it, it was an enjoyable game, even though it was low scoring, it was enjoyable enough. Um, I think you summed it up there, Kevin. Um, I think it's 6-3. I think secretly the two of us probably said, there's no way back. Lachlan are going to have to chase this. Um, yeah, that 15 minutes, I, I think there was a different gear in Clonmore. I think they were very tentative in the first half. Um, they, that 15 minutes, they, I don't think you know right they got they got scores but they didn't put the game to bed and we always felt then that that lots of them were, were were in the game there was some fine fine performances Shea McGrather I think what did he kick did he, he kicked four geez, points kicked two four play. points yeah which were key scores he, he got on the ball a fierce lot and um, there was a lot of impressive per- performances as well from from Lox and Bridge um and you know you have to credit Tom Moore the manner the way that the way that that last score you 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 were dead right the patience the patience the patience they had i i was wondering where they're going to run out of time in terms of getting that remember get i said they're going to run out of time here mm. and your man pops up the wing back and it just creeps over the crossbar um it's going to be it's going to be a big battle in the replay um is replay this is it fixed for this yeah so saturday at six o'clock and the junior c final is on before at four o'clock that's come more as well up against the blues and we give a shout out actually to like your combo Lencer medal winners, Mark Carpenter playing full forward, Barry English playing centre back for the yeah. Blues Junior C team. Um, our good friend Paul Bourne, I think, will be featuring that Junior C final for Club Moore too. So that's going to be Jesus. an interesting one. Look, you mentioned a couple of individuals, Joe, like, um, and we said it on the commentary, we covered a lot, I suppose, in the commentary, but James Whelan of Club Moore I thought was fantastic, cornerback. Yeah. And I've made this point several times it's amazing how good you can look by just doing the simple things right over and yeah. over again, right? Yeah. You don't have to be doing flamboyant stuff the whole time. Just keep doing the simple things. He was definitely a standout for me. You know, you mentioned Shane McGrath. Locked the bridge for cute. The same lad wasn't fouling him the whole time, but they were fouling no. him and fouling him outside the 45 quite a lot. Um, not... 
No, PJ Hockney did very well. Your honourable cornerbacks attacking. I thought PJ Hockney for me was he carried a fierce loud ball for a cornerback uh, for Lachlan. Mm-hmm. I thought he was excellent. Uh, when you're mentioning players, like I think for Lachlan Bridge, they'll probably need to get more offensively. I think getting and we mentioned maybe in our WhatsApp group there. I think getting Aidan Ellis on the ball when he got on the ball, he looked dangerous. He had a goal chance, and um, remember got a little deflection. The um, Conbergrah got a hand mm. to it. Remember he was looking in fairness, it was yeah. a great idea. He got in a little bit to do, and rather than drilling at low through a crowd, he actually went to chip. The keeper came out and he he went to try to put it over him, and McGrath got a hand to it and put it out for a forty-five. Um, but he needs to be probably for Lockton Bridge to to get over the line and push on. They probably need to get more ball into his hands, whatever way they do it, or maybe to you know allow him come out a little bit. Um, because when he got on the ball, he was very positive and he's very dangerous. But um, they probably need more of him to, to you know to get across the line. And Clomore and Emoro Wushin Dial. It's mad. Like Wushin yeah. didn't get a score the other day. And it brings back a crucial thing that we forgot to mention here, actually. And I said to you at the time in the commentary, Wushin got a black card in the eight minutes. Lockton Bridge only got a point in that 10 minute period. Yeah. Like one of Clomore's best forwards, a marquee man throughout the year is off the field. You have an extra man, and they probably didn't make a count. No. Uh, from Clomore's point of view, simple enough, their conversion rate has to improve because yeah. a lot of the time, okay, sometimes they're taking the wrong option, but a lot of the time it was just poor execution from the right position. I think. From Lockton Bridge's perspective, I think getting the ball from A to B a bit quicker is, is the key to it. I think they, they set up very well back there. And we saw this with Carlo, of course. It took them another season to try and work on getting the ball from A to B. If they can figure out that in a week and, get, and move the ball literally like a gazelle down the far side, then, you know, that's big. The worry for me, and I hope it's just one of those things, right? It always happens when you have this underdogs and um and huge favorites tag when the underdogs don't win the first day you just have that little bit of a worry going into second day too and i yeah. i i hope it doesn't play out that way obviously for obvious yeah. reasons but you know that that is a worry to an extent a lot of it's a lot of it's about homework um and like graffiti um replaying 2010 or um replaying 17 aerog and uh 14 and I'm sorry, twenty thirteen, um, and probably were the favourites, um, going. But the point I want to make is that the team that does the most amount of homework during the week, I think, uh, are usually the ones that will come out on top because, um, and to follow on from your point, Kev, like Clamore being the favourites, there was a lot of pressure on that performance that Lockton Bridge produced and that that clever game management. Like that is the kind of thing that you would fear that a team might be only be able to produce once, and the 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 pull the rabbit out of the hat if you like. How do you do that two weeks in a row? How how do you do two games in a row when the opposition now know what your strengths are or what your what your big secret was? And there is a there's certainly a feeling that uh, Clamore might have more to learn than Lockton Bridge have, and that's um, that's not to say that Lockton Bridge like, they certainly had the footballers uh, like between Lillis um, um What's the chap's name in the? You mentioned him a minute ago. Um, Liam Brennan. Uh-huh. Liam Brennan. Uh, like they have the footballers to do it. It's, but you would like what you're saying. You would just have a fear that there might be more there for Clamore to learn from. You know. You'd be, you'd be thinking uh, if the tempo of the game is high, Kevin, like the way Clamore raised it in that first fifteen minutes, second half. If 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 they play a high tempo game, uh. 
you know, it's and and their conversion rate is a little bit better. It, it's 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 they probably still have to be favourites, but um, you know, they, they didn't do it the last day in terms of conversion and getting the scores when they were on top. And uh, you know, but I think it, it, they have that in their locker. I think when they raise the game, they put Locks and Bridge under under far more pressure. You know, when you know that when they were trying to pick holes at kind of a, a slow pace, Locks and Bridge were very comfortable at that. So. It will be interesting to see how the how this outer stall early doors are, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The I suppose the lots of, of camp, camp passing there, as well. Yeah. There yeah. There's ten or twelve of them under twenty three. It's a the Lockton team, uh, Lockton Bridge team. Uh, that was a big day out last week. I don't mind. I mean, it's a uh, you know, it's a it's a, a county final of any grade. Is you don't know if you're in it, what you're going to how you're going to come over, it, and you know it'll. A lot of scores I've seen were straight down the middle. A lot of the best scores, I think it was, I know it was 14 scores. And like Shannon Bragg kicked a couple of popping points there. Um, Ed Nillis is free out in the wing. You know, the, the, but the majority of scores look to be coming down the middle. Where, you know, I, I thought they were, which is funny, you know, you'd be usually saying that you gave a space more out in the wing. And, um, you know, it, it's how the, like Jeffrey Dorn, another day of that ball. Kind of broke down back off the was it Anthony Keely McDonald blocked it on the line and it's F Jeffrey been back out another fourth it was right in the top corner and locked them were two points up or three yeah. points up you know a different game yeah. the other end like King Cameron was very good you know I mean, two great one ones he's a he can open kick a 45 what is wrong with Steve Jesus Christ almighty that dog is shitting himself up there I thought you got an upgrade what the hell man how many dodgy boxes have you run that, lad? Or are, you, are, you, are, you, are you mining for Bitcoin or something? <laughs> <laughs> Just to get in the hole, yeah. The boys are having a lot of gaming or something, are they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, fucking running Google off it or something. Jenny <laughs> 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 oh, Mac, this is the third season in a row. The band, bandwidth bambrick, huh? Bandwidth mm. Bambrick. Okay, right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he keeps back in the play. <laughs> Sorry, Stevie. So, anyway, we give you the pictures. That's the story. We'll see what the crack is next again. We're coming to Camogie in a little while as we're going to preview that. The uh, finals are on Sunday in Netwatch Cullen Park. Well, we're, we've come to the headache, lads, and that was the, the team of the year. So, unlike the hurling, we probably missed few matches at different stages combined but between the whole lot of us we, we saw every game so that's why we bashed heads and up with one collective team and as always everyone is not going to agree with everything no more so than ourselves a five minute phone call to pick it earlier turned into an hour and five minutes think of a phone call in the end so we'll we'll go down through it our team of the year left wing back football team of the year so in goal I'll run down through first and then we'll go back to the lines right so in goal is Cottle Gaffney Full back line, Barry John Malai, Richard Cody, Jonah Dunn. Half back line, Danny Moran, Kevin McDonald, Kieran Moran. Middle of the field, Brendan Murphy, Jason Kane. Half forward line, Dermot Walsh, Shane O'Neill, Brandon Kelly. Full forward line, Connor Crowley, Jamie Kenny, Danny Doyle. That's our team of the year. We we'll start with the like I suppose, you know, Gaffney good, good and solid for the most part. Um, there was, there was no, like, I don't mean it's disrespectful to, to, to Gaffney, right? But in general, there was no big, mad, clear standout keeper. But if you go down through the stats and that, kickouts and all were pretty decent. Um, 
didn't concede too many goals, good on the ball, steady on the ball. So Carl Gaffney's in the goal. The the headache for us really, a lot of it was was the full back line, funnily enough. So as we said, Barry John Malaya, Richie Cody, and uh, and Jonah Dunn. Now by hook or by crook, there's one lad here, and we won't mention who it was, was having Barry John Malaya in the team. And there's only one of us related to him. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go you can go figure it out for yourself. But all joking aside, Brian, your logic was that Barry John Malai only conceded one point from playoff a direct opponent throughout the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's fair it yeah. and and I know I made the point earlier that he's been Mr. Consistent for 12 years and in fairness your point back was well we have to talk about the team the players of this year and um, like he's a crucial player uh, for, for Philly and um, like our, our best defender and also one of our best um, lads to bring a ball forward as well and um, Mr. Consistency like you know and like you rarely see him um, getting a card um, you rarely see him get the ball, uh, move forward for, from outrighting. He he just does uh, what's expected of him, and uh, he's one of our most important players, uh, and, and has been for a long time. And he had another fantastic year. He actually missed the first game, um, through work against uh, O'Loughlin, but uh, um, he's been and and I know there'll be people probably tearing their hair out saying, but sure, I feel he leaked goals for you know three games in a row, but. They would have leaked more if it wasn't for Barry John and family or not. Uh, I, I, he uh, he he has to be on that team as far as I'd be concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come to full back and it's uh, Richard Cody. And in general, we'll actually give the the few close contenders. Uh, Stephen Riley was a mention for for full back and a good good strong mention. Uh, other cornerbacks, Carl Kelly, a lad for you know for a lad that hasn't played a whole lot of football over the last few years, stuck to his task only for Air Oak. Um, every day out this year, very good. Gavin Healy, a known forward. Mm-hmm. In defence, pretty good year as well. That's just a few that we had in the mix there earlier. Yeah, well, he scored a hat trick in a minor, a minor yeah. final pal, pal, five years ago, yeah. and yeah. Uh, now he's a sticky uh, cornerback. And um, I, I've no doubt at some stage would be in a team of the year because he's he's a revelation in there. You know, he is yeah. in fairness. So Joe Richard Cody was selection of fullback. Explain why. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, look, I suppose, right, again, with the argument about uh, if you go statistically on what did his man score, what didn't happen or whatever, but we, we probably felt that his overall contribution to the, you know, the Rangers' defence, his organisation, his leadership qualities, his team play, like we talked about him coming out with ball there today, you know, getting hands in and so on. Um, he was he was excellent. I think he's, I, I actually said it, I know we're talking about the football, I think he's had a fantastic year hurling of football. I think he's going to be one of the leading lights of Rangers, both hurling and, and football this year. Um, very steady, calm on the ball. Even, I suppose, the first day, the day sorry, the, the group match against Pal, you know, Rangers were shorn of a lot of lads. Very disciplined, you know, right to the final whistle, organising, cajoling, everything else. Just brings a huge amount of experience to it, but also a huge amount of football and ability as well. Um so just I I just I suppose he was on my mind anyway for for both teams. He's just his his overall contribution to to the overall team, the overall thing. Uh, I think is 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 immense. Another lad in the mix here was Conor Ryan actually as well. Um, for Ryan who had a very good year too in Fairstone. I think that change yesterday, in fairness, was probably more tactical at halftime. Like mm. it was then Jake a bit of pace in. So uh, another shout out there for him. Uh, so in the other corner, Jonah Dunn. Now I'll I'll take up the mantle on this one because. 
yes, at times yesterday was probably a little bit difficult for him with, you know, Conor Crowley got, got out of the match, but throughout the course of the championship, and this is what we're always talking about, that's what it stood upon. He stuck gamely to, to nearly every man-marking task that he was given, and they weren't the easy ones. No more so than Chris Dolan, you know, is, is one that springs to mind straight away in, in the semi-final. He did ever so well on him. Wore six, but was always generally taking up a man-marking role. So he's our selection at number four. I go on to the half-back line, as if we're all happy. So this was a bit easier than, than the full-back line. Danny Moore at a five. Stevie, do you want to take it up? Yeah, sure. Danny Moore, a couple of points every get a vital match winning points again there all there and, and one into last week or Kieran Moore, sorry, Kieran Moore come back in the team, like we said at the start of the year. Uh this lad's like a new new signing for you know it's a marquee signing if if you know you said the four. Yeah, we're going to do the half back lane here. I have the half back lane now. You want the whole half back lane, right? Take it. Go on, take it, take it. Before the Wi-Fi fails. <laughs> um, like here, Morn was centre forward. You're talking about Gavin Healy. Like, Gavin Healy, cornerback, was Brian said win the minor on his own early one year. Kieran uh, uh, Morn was the was the key man in the last two pal county final wins. I thought uh, playing centre forward was the key for Carlo bringing him back wing back. Carlo looking to buy his master stroke doing that. And uh, Kevin McDonald in the middle, um, in two or three of the games, he was totally outstanding. I thought this year, um, say a bit, bit along the lines of John O'Donnell, there, he said man marking, not as in a man marking position, but he totally committed as in a, a, a back's back. You know, his his job was to mark probably, I wouldn't say a man, but an area. But the ball dropped in there, I thought he, he blew me away. And I would, how good he was in a couple of games, football-wise as well. Like, you know, he carried a lot of ball forward as well, so that's it. I'm out. Come on. Come on, Stevie. Uh, moving to midfield then. Brian, I'll let you take up the mantle of uh, Brendan Murphy. And again, this is... Uh, I'm not just saying it to Brian off because of uh, a Raffili thing or kind of a family thing or whatever, but he was, he was fantastic this year. It was unanimous to have him in the team. And a few words on it there. Yeah. Um, sure. Similar to what Joe was saying about Sean Murphy and Fenne, um, you know, Brendan, probably the first name that comes to everyone's mind when you think about Philly, and uh, he was outstanding for us uh, this year again. Um, just thinking, look back at the semi final, there was times where um, Robbie is picking, we're under a bit of pressure, and Robbie's picking him out, and there's two and three uh, lads around him, and he's um, climbing highest above the ball, pulling balls out of the sky. Um, he's a dynamic runner, he kicks. Uh, unbelievable long range points, you know. Um, and in the semi final in particular, there was one stage where he was kind of we had said 10 12 lads back, and he was the at the front of the line. And you could see him like frantically trying to uh, get to the man on the ball, chasing, chasing, chasing. And um, like at 33, it gets harder to do that, but um, that's how much it, it was it meant to him. And he was uh doing his best to get Rafili into a, another final, but he, he was superb for us. And then Jason, um, probably speaks for himself as well. Like he's uh, midfielders don't tend to be to be that quick. To my mind, usually they're be thought of as Jason Kane is rapid. Mm. He's absolutely and he's deadly accurate. Um, but has an unusual kind of style for kicking, but yeah. um, on his day, like practically unmarkable, and uh, has been doing it a year in year now for for Pal. So like that midfield would probably start on every single senior team in in Carlo. 
uh, bar none if, if those two boys were uh, on the on the same team. So um, probably a, a midfield that maybe picked itself. Obviously, there's other lads that could play that played every year. Um, the likes of the Sean Gans of this world, and um, obviously, um, your man from Tremel had um, Barry Power had a great year for Tremel, and like after being junior a couple of years ago, place here now had a great year midfield. But uh, I think, in fairness, Brendan and Jason are uh, are deserving places in, in that team of the year. Yeah, they might make the Fenner midfield, but look, they were born in the mix there as well in the middle. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm going to go through the half forward line. Um, and Joe, I'll leave you with the full forward line there. So, Dermot Walsh, Shane O'Neill, Brandon Kelly, Dermot Walsh, three points from play yesterday, consistent performer throughout the championship for in Ireland, key, key player, took up the, the free take and mantle. Couple probably went a bit wayward on him yesterday, but throughout the, the course of the championship, really, really solid year. Shane O'Neill, fantastic, um, absolutely brilliant this year. You know, got myself into really good shape. Pulled the strings of Paddle in the centre forward. Brandon Kelly, I mean, lit up the championship. Absolutely lit up the championship with his goal scoring touch, his pace, his agility. We're going to be hearing lots about this guy for a long, long time. So full forward and then Joe, uh, it was Connor Crowley, Jamie Kenny, Danny Doyle. Yeah. Um... Well, I suppose, look, Conor Crowley, look, has been a star. He's been, he had a fantastic year as well for Carlo. You know, he's been, he's been in terms of, sorry, in terms of like, you know, as a county player, we would have seen him. Uh, club level, he brings that level every game. His pace, his work rate. Uh, got a couple of points against, uh, what do you call it, Red Philly when they were needed as well from play. You know, he, as Stevie mentioned in one of the podcast, give it into him sort of anyway, and he'll fight for it. Um, really, I suppose, a, a, is a, you know, a real positive player. When he gets the ball up, it's heads up for a goal. Do you know what I mean? And I think he gives a brilliant threat. Jamie Kenny, look, he's got key scores um, in every game. He's used to the ball, his distribution, even yesterday, ball, scrappy ball going in, winning it. Um, the right place, the right time. You know, he, he is a big game player, great mentality, good work rate as well. Um, you know, super. Um, Danny Doyle as well. Well, look, you know, again, he kicked some vital scores for Bagnestown this year when they were when they were needed. Um, terrific footballer. You know, um, I think Stevie, what did you say in terms of what he scores? You you said what did he get this year, championship wise? And you thought it up earlier on, no? Clatter of goals, isn't it? Clatter of goals, but I can't remember what was it. Stevie's frozen, is he? <laughs> is he's frozen at all, or he's frozen? <laughs> And where from to say this is Manchester? This is Manchester United. <laughs> it's definitely that dead pan mode, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I think they're speechless. They're speechless, yeah. Yeah. So I, he had stat, yeah, no, he had the stat on him, but look, yeah, look, I think the full forward lane. If you had that at any level, it's a fairly lethal full forward lane. They know where the goals are as well. While Stevie is looking up the stat, Brian came up with a big stat today. I think he was really being informed of this anyway. And we're open to correction on it, but I, I, I think he's bang on with it. One Only one player that featured in the senior championship final yesterday between Palatine and Tin Island played county football this year or started on the Cara team. Is that right? Yeah, and as someone said that to me in the ground yesterday. Was it Big Kyo? Someone. But someone said it to me, and I looked at, looked at the program going, yeah, uh, there's no... And obviously, there's some lads who have retired in the last year or so, um. So it, it, it that's the odds of the bit, but uh, still, of the, no, that's of the sixty players listed on the two panels, or there's about sixty players. 
one um one county player. So it's a uh, and that, that 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 has surely to God hopefully that has to change now because um I think every Carlo player wants to see the likes of the Shane O'Neill's of this world, the um the I think there's a chap who deserves a shout out as well, Brian McMahon. Um yeah. mm-hmm. first first year playing Josh, senior football. Josh, Joshua Egan, another Josh one. Egan, yeah. Um and I've if I've this is hardly on in, in Pal House, uh, I wouldn't say they're watching it live, but like I'd say they're, if the word to be thrown points at the screen, how is a lot more pal lads on it? But um Well there's five or six uh, of them there, so <laughs> Oh and listen, I think there should be more of lads on it, but uh that's that's uh, that's the nature of the thing. But um are we allowed to pick a few subs? David Reid had a very good year too, actually, just yeah. looking back to the programme. You know what I mean? Uh after giving a few shout outs, I think I think we could we could pick a few subs or a sub of the year, but I'm just gonna move it on because we're an hour and sixteen minutes into the stream. Um we have the player of the year to get to. So this was nailed on in our eyes anyway. There was no real debate on it. You know, a player who has turned up in every county final and played well. Has turned up in an All Ireland Schools final for the CBS and played well. Got himself into incredible shape this year. Pulled the strings for Palatine. Took the game by the scruff of the neck yesterday. Yes, indeed. Your left wing back footballer of the year is Shane O'Neill of Palatine. So congratulations yes. to Shane O'Neill. Well Unbelievable year. Brian, top you score. were go on, Joe. Sorry. Yeah, no top scorer, uh, Kevin. And I hope you won't mind me saying uh, he was working with us. I think it's two years ago during the pandemic and uh, he'll admit himself he wasn't in good shape he was in college enjoying the good life and we actually started back running and on the barrel track uh, six was and he was doing it and I'm not saying that kick started him but I'd say I don't know but uh, he got into he changed his whole physical makeup like it was just a different gravy he, he, but yeah, he football sure. this year there's your exclusive John Olin got Shane O'Neill fit for oh, the no, no. championship. Absolutely. John Olin, no, 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 no. John Olin boot camp, right? Uh, <laughs> Here's Brian oh. taking the credit for all the players that were part of his minor panel in 15 playing. Yeah, yeah. Give, me one, give me one player. Here's, Joe, uh, here, here's Joe playing, praising Shane O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, so, look, but anyway, I, I just think on it, like, he's a great chap. He's, uh, you know, he's or really... taking praise for Shane O'Neill, as you said. Sorry. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but you, look at, you look at his game this year. You mentioned there the county final. He kicks his freeze. He kicks his points from play. He kicks the killer passes. And you look at it, right? He was the last man there. He was on Shane Redmond, right? He didn't stop him scoring the goal, but but he he's challenging there to try to try not you know not to concede. He was everywhere yesterday, and I think in all the matches, I think he he played that game. He's probably like a quarterback. If you look at his positioning, he absolutely can kill teams with a pass. He's so accurate on the ball. And I'd say if you looked at his stats in terms of giving away. In terms of possession, either from kick passes or even hand passes or anything at all, I'd say it's very minimum. So I think a worthy winner. Yeah, um, just to say, yeah, I was involved with that minor panel for a couple of years, and as they used to tell me, the only reason I was involved was to give the referee boys lifts down. Uh, (laughs) That's the only reason I was asked. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so one of the terrain lads I think said to me one night, we're coming home from Westmead after a a match, and. uh, Someone let her roar and said, "You already heard been referee boys." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good, good crack. As long as I'm involved. No, um, Shane is like gentleman. Uh, the first time I ever met Shane was he used to do the scoreboard in Dr. Cullen Park, like, and uh, we, we were doing the scoops at the time, and mm. you'd be on your own in the in the press box, and Shane was there doing the scoreboard, so you, and you'd be running out of stuff to say, so you just bring Shane in to talk, and he, like he, he was great. But um, 
Like he was captain of the CBS team, he was captain of the Carroll Minor team, and um, there was a little bit of conflict that year because the CBS were going so well, and it looked like the the Carroll Miners were going to go well, and uh, he obviously had a huge role to play on both teams, and he handled that pressure so well. You know, he's really well grounded, um, a wonderful left foot. Uh, the, the 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 pass for the goal to Hulton in in Crow Park that time was to this day one of the best passes I ever seen and um his when when the point he got yesterday um outside left and it, it was a thirty seconds later and an absolute laser beam of a pass in, into Crowley he's a he's a, a class act um but yeah. yeah he tried to he tried to video call me on Facebook at uh, twenty to four earlier. <laughs> and then and he wrote and he wrote underneath and he said surely we get a mention tonight here you go Shane yeah. I, can't, I can't really do any more than that pal <laughs> oh yeah that's the, that's the Jack and Rory lads any last thoughts on, on the football um, you said if Steve were going to preview the Kwagi finals any any observations in general Joe or Brian uh, I'd love to see the football being played first next year uh, I don't know if like is hurling better suited to the to the harder ground? As much as for hurlers will argue, but it'd be great to see uh football being played a little bit. And of course, yesterday's weather was absolutely fantastic, so rubbish is your argument. But um I just think it'd be nice to see the, the football being played earlier and maybe a bit of a a, a tilt on the structure as well. I think I think the I know they're talking about going back two weeks on, two weeks off. I think there's a lot of vibes about that. I don't know. I think the I think the one and the other is is good. I think it's better for I know speaking to certain clubs say I know it, it's working better. Like I don't I would would Mullinster Rangers uh, would St Mullins you know have you know would there be the same won't say interest but would there be the same ability to put their their eggs in the different baskets at one time? Uh, in hurling, the flip side maybe where you have clubs who are. Say our own club in Ballinkillen, we've killed Avon, Fennel lads. We uh, near Breed have a collection of clubs, Carrolltown collection of clubs. I, I think the standalone is working better for them at the minute in terms of one code on, one code off. Um, that'd be one thing. And that my other thing is just to, in terms of the, how fickle football can be. You mentioned the Blues and um, Fennel going up senior this weekend. Our last game, Fennel played and I played in it. Uh, unfortunately, in McGrath Park, uh, that we played in senior championship was against the Blues. Um, they put I know they put five goals past me, they think they put another one or two past Packy. Uh, Hughes in the second half, Dion Wall played in it, he must have been about 14, I'd say. He started to start because we only had 15 players. We, did, we didn't actually, we didn't actually take, uh, we didn't play a rogue in the last game of the group, and we didn't even bother with a relegation playoff. We went straight down and we tumbled, you know, we tumbled again down to junior. And it's just amazing this week. We're back up senior. There's a bit of vibrancy about us. Looking at, you know, the Blues have gone back back down to junior. I seen I was seeing a little bit of, ne- maybe a little bit of niggle and negativity about them. And I just reminded them about the way clubs can go, like that things things are fickle, you know what I mean? And and not to be so hard, you know, on themselves in terms of our clubs, like, you know what I mean? What happens? And some teams are tumbling down, or not tumbling down, but they're, They've taken the drop down and it's not the end of the world. You just rebuild and you go again, as we did in, in kind of Fennel. And, and that's the nature of sport. And that's what I take from the football championship. I just thought it was the, the week that was in it was just reminded me of where, where we were as a club, Fennel, and, and, and how your fortunes can can up and, up and down, as I say, in the space of whatever, 18 years, like, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Lockton Bridge never got relegated out of intermediate, but they were playing junior football for the last 10 years. There's a statistic for you. Oh, because uh, restructure. Because restructure, yeah. yeah. Um, there was something, there was a Clumore statistic given to me during the week as well, and I can't really think of what it was now, but it was something mad with, with both sides. Look, Joe, Brian, thanks a million. Really appreciate the, the contributions that the e have made. Um, you know, can't, can't thank you enough, to be honest with you. It's been really good fun, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, Kev. Um, and, and just a quick, one last thing. I, I just remembered. Um, I felt my heart bled, uh, my heart sank for uh, Danny Morn yesterday, uh, and I just remembered he played in this final in twenty eleven. Uh, so two county finals, eleven years apart. Uh, probably played the football of his life this year. Um, had to Ireland got over the line yesterday. Maybe you're looking at Danny Morn as as a show for player of the year. Um, but like. Uh, what made me think of it was Joe saying about how um, I think a football, physical football can be like you, you play in the county final in 2011, you think we, we could get with a good young team here or we might push on a bit and you have to wait 11 years to get back to a final, you know. Uh, it's a it's a it's a cruel world sometimes, like, but um, uh, yeah, just to mention that, just talk, thanks for having talk, me, two quick things there before I finish up with the football. Um, the Lachlan ladies, the young, the girls there, one under 14, under 16, they're late in the, during the minor final. Uh, I don't know how that's going to be fixed now with the club championships, but um, going well. It's been a carry to railing again under battle and, uh, with them two clubs. Um, I want to mention um, Pat Corn. Um, Pat uh, had a serious operation a couple of weeks ago. Anyone knows Pat Corn, uh, probably the, the most wittiest man is now Lachlan. Great character, being chairman, treasurer. Um, secretary of the club, uh, just an absolute all round brilliant man, and uh, just wish him well. I hope he's on the he's on the road to recovery. He he, when I was secretary back, thinking just thirty years ago now, like he was he the amount of work the man put into the club, um, <coughs> many many years, and like anyone that knows him, just pure character, one liner. He, coaching two with a one liner and. He, like he, he transported more young lads to matches down the years, junior matches. He'd actually go over his way to be a junior selector and not be anywhere near the senior team for being a selector. And he was junior selector. We played um, played Finn actually in the 2007 final, I think it was. Um, I had had the privilege of Buddha Hickey marking me that day. Uh, Buddha got the got the got the nod anyway. The one that day, well, but I um, uh, just uh uh, show what the pat there. I, I meant to say there a couple of weeks or last week. Um, but um, what I just I don't know, Kevin. You know, I mean, you're 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 a little bit further down the road, but he's just the heart and soul of any club. And you know, I said them three roles. He he's filled in different times back when things were different as a secretary and a treasurer and a, a chairman. They weren't as, as as handy as they were now. To or I would say they're handy now to do, but uh, just I, I think. Uh, Pass on best wishes to Patton. Hopefully, he'll be at the dinner dance in October. October bank all the weekend. Yep. Get with us on Pat. Uh, Joe, Brian, thanks a million. Thanks very much, lads. Much appreciated. So, we're going to turn our attention to the Camogie finals, which are on Sunday at Netwatch Cullen Park. So, one o'clock, the junior finals, these Burn Rangers up against Manchester Rangers. And then at three o'clock, you have Michel up against Nave Breed. So, we're gone fairly used to seeing Michel and Nave Breed. At this stage in uh, Komogi finals, you know, I don't know how many in a row Meister are going for now. You probably know offhand, but I've lost count. It's a serious tally, anyway, wherever it is, right? 
and their breed are big, big underdogs coming into this. Now, they would have taken a little bit of hope. We were at the, the group game between these two, Stevie, down 20. the Super Bowl. Was it? I think 23. I not know. stand to be corrected. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, smash it. But anyway. Stephen Watford on 41 there. Yes, Bally McCarbury won their 41st ladies football title in a row. That is just crazy. Crazy stuff. But uh, we're back. We were down the Super Bowl. Michael had that game won that night, and they really pulled out of the bag and got two goals and rescued a draw in the end. I actually went home thinking they'd lost by a point or two, but you told me about 20 minutes later that that, uh, that ended up a draw or whatever. So, again, Michael, big favourites. They breed fancy themselves in this one, though, as well. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a ding donger, yeah. yeah and the fact it's in in uh. Now what's called Park. That that line is dropped dropping out on, on Stevie. The connection has just been dodgy on tonight. So I'll preview the games very quickly just before we uh just before we finish up. So yeah, three o'clock start, as I said, Michael Nairbreed. It will be a ding dong game. Some serious operators on both sides. Um as it tends to do in a lot of uh, finals, it probably wouldn't be unusual to see Kira Quark scoring a goal for Michael. She tends to cope with that. Little bit of magic on the near breed side this year. Emma Brennan and Rafa Sire are both playing in the forwards, uh, a lot of the time in around the half forward line. So it has the recipe to be a very exciting and very entertaining senior Camogie final. Um, they've had great battles over the past couple of years. I was informed as well, actually, that uh, St. Ryan's were beaten in Offaly and they were <laughs> a serious powerhouse uh, for some time, not just in, in Offaly, but indeed in Leinster and beyond as well. So it's all happening in terms of Camogie. Uh, as you said, the junior final at uh, 1 o'clock pits Burn Rangers up against Mountlinster Rangers. So Burn Rangers very much a common team. I think they were in the final against Winnebog last year and Mountlinster Rangers the opposition this time. Looking down through Mountlinster Rangers side, uh, Michelle Kelly, very good Camogie player. She's there in the half-back line. Uh, a lot of young Burn Rangers players, as I said. Uh, I saw Fiona Burns' name um, the other day as well on the Mountlinster Rangers panel. I think she came on the sub and got a, got a point or two. So two cracking finals in store. Great to see the finals in Netwatch Cullen Park as well. As you mentioned, one o'clock is the junior Burn Rangers, one of the Rangers, the seniors of three, Michael and Nave Breed. So I uh, just want to say thanks to, to Stevie as well for his contribution towards the left wing back this year. Um, he's missed very few apart from work, of course, where uh, you get caught the occasional time after nine o'clock. So thanks to Stevie, thanks to Joe, thanks to Brian. Uh, I want to say thanks to the listeners, the viewers, everyone that's been in touch with us regarding commentaries, regarding streams over the past number of weeks it has been very very enjoyable I have to say uh this as it stands is the the last program for now anyway until the receivable uh, we'll see what the what the plans are like we'll see what the next few weeks and months throw up but uh, for now this is our, our last episode uh we want to thank the sponsors recovery hub and carlo precision media productions milano's takeaway by the sound seamus born electrical your number one for floodlights carpenter's bar lounge and restaurant ray wheeling uh ray wheeling limited the Barbers barbershop fine framers jj services Scats, Bounds and Castles. I want to give a big shout out to Brendan Joyce as well, who was on video duty for our stream in Toronto Clubhouse last Thursday. So that's where we have to leave it. Uh, every Monday night's been a good bit of crack, I have to say. Um, you know, like everything, opinions, everyone will have their own. Uh, the team of the year is not out going to cause murder. And I'm looking forward to the tweets afterwards if they're half as entertaining as some of the tweets going up today regarding yesterday's county final. We'll have ourselves a field day over the next couple of days. If you have enjoyed the coverage, uh, we have a buy me a coffee link there. You can support our efforts for the price of a coffee. It is not compulsory to do so. 
Uh, we just want to say thanks to everyone who has actually contributed towards that over the course of the championship. But it's just there if anyone wants to avail of it. But uh, we're delighted to be bringing it to you. Uh, we feel it's a, it's a good service we provide. We enjoy providing it. And we're looking forward to pushing on and making big plans for next year as well. That's really it for this series. Thanks a million to everyone again. And until next time, take care.